welcome, welcome to Binge On This, the podcast you can safely binge to lose weight. This is your host, Michelle Hasey Thompson, and I am so excited to have you here. So thank you so much for showing up and tuning in. This podcast is inspired by you, and there's nothing more important to me than you walking away with permission to be more of yourself, including having your ideal body. All right, welcome, welcome to another episode of Binge on This. Today, I'm excited to bring on a guest. I have Jennifer Deegan, who is a somatic coach and resiliency expert. She employs embodied mindfulness-based approaches and somatics in her work with professionals in one-on-one and group settings. And don't worry, we're going to define somatic if you hadn't heard that term before. Her dedication and passion are fueled by rich personal experiences as a longtime meditator, yoga instructor, group facilitator, trauma therapist, and individual coach. Jennifer's 30 years of collective work in mental health and education have informed this unique offering for professionals who are approaching burnout and the effects of stress from their workplace, or really anything, as we'll find out. Jennifer has devoted the last 13 years to in-depth learning and practice in the fields of neuropsychology, somatics, trauma-based therapy, and mindfulness. So welcome, Jennifer, to the show. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. I don't get many guests on this show, so um, I'm just happy for everybody to learn about what you do and how we can help them. So can you just start off by defining what this term somatic means? Sure, yeah. You know, it comes from the root soma, which means body. And so somatic coaching really looks at like whole body awareness and the deep somatic intelligence that we all have in our bodies. And we are really reverent to these ways and patterns that are in the fabric of our living and in the fabric of our fascia and our neurology. And this, I know a lot of the work you do is tied to this idea of stress. So how does this play a role? Yeah, well, stress can be, you know, compacting, contracting, Um, It can cause, you know, like really agitated thinking. Um, It can, you know, increase our heart rate. It can affect our metabolism, as you know. So um, when it comes to stress, we embody like all the ways in which we approach like finding new balance, right? So whether it's um, slowing our breath down you know, we know that if we can slow down and, you know, increase our um, parasympathetic response, we can find more ease. And that can, in that ease in our body means ease in the mind. And so we can slow down these like negative thought patterns or observe them, right? And have the agency to be able to shift our mindset. Um, So, so many aspects, being able to relieve stress by being able to tune into the body means we can also notice where we are contracted, yeah. <laughs> where we are feeling tension. Um, otherwise, we're just so disembodied that we're just talking heads running around. And how are we supposed to make any changes without really recognizing what's happening? So you bring up a really good point, this idea of the physical part of the stress, not just the more the physical that are the um, 
symptoms that we hear about, like increased heart rate, those kind of things. But you're talking about like, where is it in your body? Where are you contracting? So when someone is going to do some kind of stress relieving things, do you think it benefits them to start with something physical or movement or body awareness or like journaling and breathing and that kind of thing? Yeah, I would say, I mean, all of the above and the order depends on you. So I usually start, you know, from the somatic form, I'm really interested in like listening more deeply to someone else's like convictions, what they care deeply about, what gives them purpose, what enlivens their spirit. And so if they come in and they're a hiker and that's giving them all kinds of like you know, relief in terms of rhythm and doing regularly every day. And it's something they look forward to, you know, you want to start from the rhythm of what they're familiar with. Like I had a client today, that's exactly the only thing that was keeping her upright in terms of her, you know, distress from, you know, breaking up in her marriage. And so we started there, we just added in some tools about like, how can you even embody this even more so that it's, even more supportive than just the aerobic than just physical relief so we started with a more of an intentional way of like tuning into what she wants which is she wants you know to heal and to find more ease and so we you know practice mountain pose to stand before her her hike and she said i want to add more practice into my life well that's mindfulness right so i'm going to start with standing i'm going to start with intentionality And then we said, okay, hike to wherever you're going to go and then pause again, like practice standing again. And we did a little bit of a half sun salutation as a way of like, okay, how does my body want to move now? And how is this supporting me? And we focused on like strong engagement with the earth, strong legs, strong below, soft above so that she could embody a sense of like, you know, I'm opening up into something brand new. You know, oh, yeah. opening up my heart and I'm, you know, I'm moving a little bit more clearly. So I, we talked about them as like bookends to her hike, you know, right. so that start with what you know, start with what you can trust in, build from that, you know, feel your legs now underneath you more intentionally and observe your thoughts as you're going up the mountain. I love it because it it very much is in align with some of the things that I teach my clients, which is start where you are, right? Like use the things you're already doing instead of trying to like totally reinvent the wheel and, you know, which is really common in the weight industry, which is like, just become this person, just become an athlete overnight, just love the gym all of a sudden, or become a, a, a vegan overnight, you know, and it's, and that's great if it's aligned, but if it's a huge jump or a stretch, it's usually not going to be maintained very long. So I'm curious when you have someone that is in a space of burnout or like overly stressed and they think that the place they want to spend their time is in their work or being busy, which could look like hiking. It could look like it could look like those same things, but they like to be busy all the time. How do you help them in that space starting out? It's interesting you just said that because I have a, a surgical student right now that's exactly like that. <laughs> it's pretty common with my clients. That's why I thought it would be a perfect place to go yeah, from. I mean, you know, it's an interesting practice for me as a facilitator, because in reality, it's a huge contrast to being present. And like, as you know, as a practitioner, we need to do our own internal work. So I notice my practice kind of increasing in terms of like my own stability, my own centering with my values, and just like my heart 
opens to people who are so disembodied in that place. Like they are really, they're already in burnout, right? So, right. Um, you know, it's meeting them exactly where they are with a kind, compassionate presence and then sort of weaving in. So in this particular case, this person's an avid reader. So she was sharing with me, you know, some of her favorite content and we were, we were dialoguing with her about what she was really landing in her understanding. And she loved uh, Bessel van der Kolk's work and she could really align with it. And I could feel like her calming down as she told the story that she related to that was aligned with Bessel van der Kolk's work. And because she's a surgeon and she's a neuroscientist or she's a scientist about how she believes in the body work, she needed to stay with what she could trust in, mm -hmm. you know, and, and really understanding like the traumas of working in a um, surgical environment, you know, and she could see the, the patterns that were similar to uh, the, the ways in which Bessel van der Kolk had run up against his um, ways in which like society at that time was resisting information about somatics and and how you know she and her body is her body showing up with all these patterns that are not supportive to her being able to do her job but together we were just kind of walking this awareness of like oh what are some things that you can rely on here that are true for you and i could find us like distilling even her slowing down her voice and listening to my voice and me taking the time to attend and listen to like the, the ways in which she could understand this information and align it with herself. And then I like wove it back to, you know, the previous session where she was saying like, surgery is just like a war zone. <laughs> yeah. You know? And it was like, oh, mm -hmm. you know, more compassion. But I use my own compassion and my own sense of that in my heart and kind of held that tone and that presence. And I asked her, you know, how she felt about it. And so I kind of slowly went from the outside mindset of like, she was doing her laundry during therapy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about settle right. Down, you know, she's like, settle <laughs> down and settle inward and look at me. It was almost like, okay somebody's listening. Yeah. Now I'm listening. Uh -huh. You know, she was listening in and like a lead by example kind of thing. It was really interesting. It's this back and forth of seeing patterns, being present, mirroring, tuning in more to what she's saying. Oh, you know, listening to the finer details um, so that she could come to more truth around her values. And then I kind of taught her like, okay, if you were to stand tall in this new value place, what would it look like? So I had her stand, you know, and you know, what, how would your heart land? You know, and she was more upright. And I said, how would your hands be? You know, so she, mm -hmm. you know, bringing her agency back into a place where, you know, it feels so chaotic and at such a pace that her body's just not used to um in a surgical arena where the pace like you you really don't sleep no and you can't be slow I mean it's just not the environment no but what's interesting is she was like a double marathon runner 
<laughs> and so we were able to take that and be like, tell me about that. Yeah. What's that about? And then she said, like, the more I questioned her, I finally was like, sounds like your zone. It's actually not that hard. She said, no. Mm, interesting. And it was like, okay. You know, have you ever heard of um, Rick Hansen's ideas of linking? You take a good experience, you take in the good and you feel it. You bring about a memory of a good feeling and you feel it, you sense it, you describe it, you get into it. So it's like a movie in front of you, right? And you take that feeling, you're like, okay, if you were to apply that skill of sustainability, being in the zone, doing these double marathons, you know, or triathlons, and apply that felt sense now to something that requires long-term sustainability. Right. Because you already have it. You already have yeah. that stored somewhere in your body. Right. So, you know, could you you know, feel into that, stand into that, bring presence of that towards all the sort of ways in which, um, in a way, like there's an objection or a resistance to the way that you have to practice. Right. In order to do good work, or in their case, what their definition as an institution is that the training of a surgeon has to be. And you understand when you look at people in combat, like they have to train them a particular way, like have to right. stress them in a particular way so that if there's uncertainty or a crisis, you can respond. So you get yes. it, but it's still, your, your whole nervous system is like, Whoa! Yeah, you, yeah, we understand why it's happening, but your body doesn't necessarily understand why. It's, it's just feeling like, why are we in this state? Right. And so it's bringing in, like, I see it as like marker by marker of awareness. Like what can you trust in, you know, so that your body registers. Yeah. I can trust in that, you know, that my, you know, I put one foot in front of each other and eventually I'm running, you know, I can trust in that or I can trust in the feeling I have when I'm in that zone you know, or I can trust in my intelligence. Yeah. So you have to bring all of it back into like these awarenesses in order to bring them back, bring us back to a steadfast state because when we're thrown off, our nervous system's all thrown off, you know? So and how would you relate this to someone turning to food um, to calm the nervous system? which is a common mm. strategy that my clients use, right? So they're feeling that nervous system responding in that way of like, I'm all revved up or I'm uncomfortable or whatever it's causing it. And then the, the response is eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, what comes to mind is like, first of all, you know, what are you eating? How is it feeling? What, how is it soothing you? How does it touch your tongue, your mouth? How do you, you know, what, what's nourishing you when you're chewing it? you know, what's the cravings, like to become even more familiar with the cravings. Like uh, for me, uh, when I was using food to soothe my emotions at the end of, uh, I was doing it a lot at the end of a school day or a work day. And it was just like a pattern I was noticing. Like I would um, get to the grocery store, I'd be starving. <laughs> and it was like, okay, starving. And then there was a thought like, 
you deserve a Reese's peanut butter cup. <laughs> Makes sense to me. <laughs> and then I realized like, oh, the starving's not just hungry. It's exhausted. Mm-hmm. It's emotionally drained. And the sugar is like, I'm craving some kind of nourishment of a different sort, which is like, I think I want someone to give me a hug or to hear my story. If I really, really am honest about it. Right. If you want to really go there. Yeah. But instead it's much quicker fix to like, I deserve this sugar. This, this taste and so at the end it's like satisfied put the research peanut butter <laughs> yeah everything's good to go back on track until you know gaining weight right and until sluggish or crash well, back down and i wonder even what comes first jennifer the gaining weight or the starting to feel out of control about it like I, like I have a problem. I keep eating Reese's peanut butter cups at the end of every day. Like this isn't good. Like I wonder if even that's preceding the actual physical noticing of the weight gain or the fear of the weight gain. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm saying like years down. Oh <laughs> yeah, exactly. Patterns of doing that or a glass of wine or having traumas that, you know, don't resolve and the metabolism's not working and feeling heavy. And then like, Noticing that these are not the go-to places is a, a long process of awareness. But I, I think for people listening, like it's a great question to ask ourselves, like, what does our heart really want? And, and I may have said this to you before, Michelle, like um, that there is a much more compassionate answer to this. Yeah. Like, what would it be like to actually rest instead of going to the grocery store? You know, sit down. <laughs> right. Well, and you, and you said it, you said it best. Yeah. You said it best. Like a lot of times what we really want is to be heard um, about our stressful day or whatever. And, and it would be almost an interesting experiment, I think, because I, I, because of my background in NLP, like words, I'm really focused on words. And I wonder what it would be like to eat that Reese's peanut butter cup and be like, I'm, I'm nourishing myself with food as opposed when I really want but, and then you still do it, but you're just being accurate about what's happening right now without judgment. It just is what it is. Like I'm looking for a quicker nourishing fix than what I really want, which I either don't know in this moment, or I don't want to admit, or I don't want to go try and find it. Yeah. And then I would take that further, which is to say, and what's a more compassionate way to be with what's what is right now what's a more compassionate way to love myself even better because that's what i came to it's like oh this in the long run is not so good for me it doesn't feel right i did go to dark chocolate because there's not as much sugar everybody goes down that path right the healthier version i'm less interested in it i'm less interested in sugar all altogether as a as a way to soothe myself I'm more interested in compassion as a practice but I had to in a way like introduce it as a concept and know that it was kind of at a really far distance yeah and I could even giggle at myself and be like yeah right what's that self-compassion thing like those (laughs) yogis that do that you know like I had to see it with a little bit of humor. I had to see it with a little bit of like, it works for other people and I'm interested. I'm not going to push it away. 
but now actually I embody it. I can feel in my heart that it's right. Right. It didn't, it didn't come like, like that. No, no. And actually that's the more far distant approaches than the one that's like already working, right? This one's like a concept and there are those that we can build in like mindsets, right? That actually support unwinding these habitual patterns that, that can stuck in the way that we inhabit our bodies or the way that we live or the way that we defend or the way in which we, you know, soothe or the way in which we object. <laughs> like there are all these patterns in our lives that we um, like defeat our self-care practices. Right. And so we become interested in them as a somatic practitioner, like, oh, they're all housed in the fabric of our lives in the tissues. Um, and we want to become interested in like, okay, if we're going to approach this from a holistic embodied mindfulness way, what are we noticing right now? It's like this, my heart is like sad from today and I really don't need this peanut butter cup. I really need a hug. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which like you said, much longer process than quickly grabbing a sweet treat and and there's no judgment for that it, it's totally understandable you know especially when you're exhausted you're not usually looking for the longer process you're looking for the quicker process so that definitely takes some training one of the most common questions i get um, over and over and over again when i'm teaching this idea of mindfulness and intuitive eating especially is how do i know when my body is asking for something intuitively or like that sort of self-sabotaging part of me is asking for something like how do i know when it's something I truly need versus, I don't know, this little gremlin in my voice, in the back of my head, like you said, that's like, you deserve this type of thing. Mm -hmm. Well, I would come back to the same thing, which is like, you know, a pause or listening. Um, There's an intuitive felt sense, like that you probably can light up a little bit more what's true for you, but it takes practice. And it also takes experimenting. You know, so maybe I, I, my, my voice is louder in my heart that it would probably be more in service to me to make this choice, you know, Um, but I might not have that refined sense yet. So it's trial and error, non-judgment, observing what I'm doing, trying it out, slowing things down, putting it in the mouth, seeing how it feels, you know, that kind of thing you know, slowing it down enough to pay attention, like the slow food movement, you know? Yeah, I think that's that's such a, a perfect way of saying it because to me, it's like science. Like you have a hypothesis. I think this is what I need. You start testing variables. You So you do the thing without judgment. Like you don't judge the experiment. You're just like, let's see what happens. And then you get the, the, um, the output, the honest reflection, hopefully honest, (laughs) not all research is, but let's hope unbiased, honest reflection of what happened in the experiment to which you can now draw conclusions for next time. Yeah. So interesting that you should say that. So I, um, I met with this naturopathic doctor in training, but she was a health coach for 10 years. And I was super interested because she was like a biomedical scientist before that. And she knew these profiles, you could take blood work for pages and you could get your genome done. And I was like, oh, so interested in hearing more about what she does. So I went in with this idea of like, do I want to get my biome done? And yeah. she, she kind of 
went the somatic way of intuiting, what do I know? And she was asking all these questions and it totally surprised me because I was like, she's acting the way I do. <laughs> she was like, have you ever tried journaling your eating? You know? <laughs> she's, like, well. she's like, have you ever, like, there's this thing called the plan where you could just like, you know, there's a way you could journal your eating. She said, my sense is from everything you've said today, like, you know yourself so well that that would be the best experiment for you now. You know, just if you were like interested in, cause I was like, I'd like to get rid of like my problems with my thyroid and my belly. And she was like, well, why don't you spend some time with your, your belly? <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's so compassionate. You're like, hmm. Oh, that feels so good. <laughs> that's too funny. At the end of my conversation with her, I'm like, I don't need the blood work. I don't need the blood work. Yeah, like, that's what she's telling you. <laughs> well, it wasn't. It was me telling me. You well, know yeah, it was. Like, it was you telling you. The blood work, right? I was yeah. like, oh, like, she's just giving me my own medicine. <laughs> Which, by the way, speaks volumes as, as, as to her, right? To be able to recognize that and not just have a, an agenda and, and, and not listen to what's the person in front of you, you know, yeah, energetically. Mean, it was so incredible. It was so funny. I like... I sent her a bazillion referrals. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> sold. <laughs> That's so funny. I love it. Yeah. Well, I think this is such a great like introduction into um, this way of thinking and just the idea, you know, even just the way that your energy that you, you sit and speak is so calming. Um, there's such a benefit just to being in your presence. So can you just tell everyone what's the best way for them to find you, reach out to you, work with you? Um, all that good stuff. And I'll put it in the show notes too. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Well, my website is mindbodyawareness.net. And then I also have the resiliencyclub.com. So it's the restoringresiliencyclub.com. And either of those places, you can go to my contact information and either, you know, just send me an email or you could sign up for a half hour exploratory call on mindbodyawareness.net. There's a contact page at the top right-hand corner. Um, or if you're on a phone, you know, you hit the drop down lines and hit contact. Perfect. Well, I definitely urge everyone, if you're uh, resonating and aligning with what Jennifer is saying, um, she's obviously been doing this for a long time. She's very good at what she does. So don't hesitate to, to reach out and um, we'll have to have you back on so we can continue this conversation because I feel like there's just so many more directions we can go with it. Um, so we'll have to set that up. But thank you so much for, for coming on and joining me today. Thank you so much for the what you do. I mean, you really are bringing a new uh, way of embodying food that's really helped me just even know that you're doing this work like it's it's shifted my attention and attunement just to the way that I see food and I see body and you know in the little bit of times that we've worked together on projects it's been amazing for me so thank you thank you all right you heard it here check out Jennifer I'll put all the contact information in the show notes for you so feel free to grab it there and we will have to have you on again soon thanks